we have a structure. Like, I, I don't run the whole thing. We have a team. I, actually, I really do very little at Pulse, to be honest with you. I don't do a whole lot. I get up and speak and tell people what I think Jesus is saying. So that's about it. That's really as far as my, what I do here goes. There was a time in a different room, but for now, that's basically it. That's all I do. And um, the, we, I, we have a position at Pulse. Um, it's kind of the person directly below me in leadership. And they basically run everything. And this is a crucial, crucial part at Pulse because they run all the finances, they handle all the giving, they basically run the show, they delegate authority. It's a huge, huge role. And um, about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, the guy that um, was doing that for me, he, he stepped down, he moved on to do some other things. And I was like, Lord, I don't know. I mean, I know that you want to fill this position, but I have no clue as to who I, I, sh I should put in this position. So the Lord brought up three people in my mind, and I went to all three of them, and, and I prayed with them. We talked about it, and I just didn't have peace about any of them. And I was like, God, I just feel like this is, and, and they didn't. The people I was talking to, they were like, no, like, I, don't think, I don't think this is the season for this either. And so I didn't, I really had no idea what I was supposed to do. I knew that this, this job needed to be filled, but I had no idea who was supposed to do it. And um, I woke up one morning at 7 o'clock, and I just wanted to hang out with Josh. I didn't know why. It was weird. And I called him, and he was up. And I was like, hey, man, uh, you want to hang out today? Still had no idea why I wanted to hang out with him. And he was like, yeah, I'd love to hang out with you. And I was like, well, my car's broke down. You have to come pick me up. And I lived like 30 minutes away from Josh. And this is back in the day when he was driving this truck. How I many of you guys remember Mater? I will never drive that car ever again. One brake on this whole, you know, enormous structure of a car. Has no power steering. He drove that all the way over, picked me up to drive me all the way back to his house. And when we get in the car, I'm sitting there, and the Lord's just like, what about him? And I was like, hang on. He wasn't on, I, I didn't I didn't say that he was one of the three. And he was like, well, I didn't tell you the other three. I told you him. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I have no idea how to do this. Because I didn't really know Josh that much at this point. And I took him out to lunch, and we're sitting there. And I like Josh, because me and him are both pretty direct. There's something on our mind, we're just going to say it. And he was just like, are we supposed to be talking about something right now? And I was just like... So this is, the, and I, 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 Jeremy was there when this happened, and I spoke, and I was like, hey man, look, this is a job opportunity that just came up at Pulse, it's a lot of work, it's a big position, and I don't, a lot of you guys don't know this, but Josh runs his own business out of his house, and is an extremely busy man, and so for the past year and a half, Josh has run this growing business, as well as run all the behind the scenes stuff here at Pulse, which we're growing, and there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And he has done an amazing job and been huge in bringing us from where we were when we came on to, to what we're doing now. Um, has just accomplished a lot and really just kind of made us put our big boy pants on in a lot of ways. <laughs> and um, anyways, he's done an incredible job and he is going to Australia February 4th. So this will be his last time to speak here at Pulse until he comes back. And uh, so anyways, I want you guys to bless him as he comes up and just, he's, it's a great honor to have him here. Counting. Man, time flies when you're having fun. Um, 
So last time I taught, um, I went over a lot of different things, but I had like a little outline of these little bubble thoughts that kind of helped me keep all my stuff together. But this time we're just going to wing it completely. You know, I'm leaving in a week, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I just figured it'd be fun to uh, stretch myself and, and go out and everything else. So um, I want to start off just by thanking all of you that have been a part of my life um, here at Pulse. And I'm so incredibly happy that God picked me for this position. And and uh, Justin was open to hear his voice and everything of that nature. I think I had only been coming here for a couple months, so it was definitely kind of a sideswipe whenever he asked me, but um, it's been an extremely, extremely fun time, and I have grown tremendously and been stretched and um, just come to love so many of you guys so much. Hey, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Not really, but you know. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Um, so, really what God's been dealing with me recently is, it's a pretty, I mean, it's pretty broad in, in all reality, but, um, you know, it's probably one of the most important things um, that I think God has really just started revealing to me and, and opening up my mind to and um, kind of just stretching me in, in a way that I've not had before, but, um, so more or less, kind of what he's been dealing with me is, um, so a lot of the things that God shows me is, um, really a reflection of a time that I had whenever I first got saved. I had this whole kind of caught up in heaven experience for about two or three months where I was caught up in his presence and I could feel his tangible love pouring over me and, um, you know, I can go on for 30, 45 minutes about it, but, uh, so a lot of the revelations that he gives me is almost bringing me back to that point in time, but more or less just breaking down what I was experiencing and why it was happening, and um, kind of the revelation behind that fruit that I was experiencing in my life. So, um, But I had this time whenever I was caught up in this to where I had such a love for all of humanity. It did not matter who you were, what you were, where you came from. Um, just pretty much if you were a human being, especially children for some reason back then, I loved children for a short while. Still working on that one. I know, I know. It's just I got, got some self love in there. So um, I used to stop and just talk to people's kids in the middle of the supermarket. Like, super weird. Now that I think back on it, they probably we're calling the cops. <laughs> Probably pulling up as I was leaving the parking lot. <laughs> um, but I had such a love for people and such um, almost like this understanding. I didn't really know where it came from because I didn't ever really learn it. It was just there. But it was this understanding of the potential that's in each individual person. And whenever people would have anything bad in them, any kind of fruit, any kind of this person's this, or this person's this, or this person, you know, I fill it in with a whole bunch of bad words and other various things, I'll try to be good. Um, so anyways, you know, we, we almost classify people with the definition of what they act like, that's who that person is. We, we tag the fruit of what's going on inside of them and their soul, the, the part of them that we see on the outside, we tag that to who they're who they are, and who their identity is, and um, this this revelation that God's been giving me 
is really brought back to that point in time because anybody could do anything to me back then. And even if it was mean, if it was towards me, um, it just didn't matter. If anything, I loved them that much more after it happened. And it wasn't any of this, like, me being angry for a little bit and then trying to, you know, declare scriptures on myself and all this other kind of stuff. It was just pure 100% fruit and if I saw people being nasty I just felt remorse for them and just sadness because I knew that all these bad parts of them that were surfacing were just wounds that were inside were just misunderstandings were just lack of God that they had somewhere inside of their soul and it was just coming to the surface and so God's been revealing to me just pretty much that when we come into this world when we're newborns when we're babies like we are literally a clean slate we are just, now, there are unique things to each one of us, um, different interests, different talents, different gifts um, that I think are placed inside of us, but I, I really think that a large majority of who we turn out to be as we grow outside of God is really just based on our personal experiences that we have through life. Um, so this clean slate that we all start off with, you know, me personally, I was born into a decently stable household. You know, my parents did get divorced, but they both remarried. There was still a lot of Christian concepts and, and uh, you know, discipline and love and all these other things that kind of make a whole, whole family unit. And um, if I would have been born into a different family, a different country, anything, something that was a lot more broken, if there was a physical abuse, if all these things, that would have changed the person that I grew up to be. Um, a lot of these things that we place on ourselves as who we are, that we hold on to, are not actually who we are, if that makes any sense. Like, there could have been different situations in our lives that would have led us to be different people as we aged and as we went through these situations. Um, and really, God's just been dealing with me that, like, our potential as human beings is limitless. Like, we have no limit. There can't be any limit because... If there is, that would mean God had a limit. Because if we can truly get to the place where we, where we let Him completely live through us, we take ourselves out of the equation, then anything can be accomplished because He created everything in the first place. Um, so, like this whole you got to lose your life to find it thing is just getting so much deeper and deeper and deeper the more that I start to look at it. Because I'm realizing all these things that make us who we are are all just glimpses of who God really is. What and the heck? Is supposed to sound like that? No, it's going crazy. Mm, spirit. <laughs> How about now? I think you're good. Yeah? Nope. I'm just kidding. Okay, I'll just keep going. Um, Whoa. So, um, this, this potential that lies in each one of us is really only hindered by ourselves. Like, we literally are our own worst enemies, and I hate to say that, but we, we truly, truly are these insecurities, these pieces of ourselves that we don't have planted in our true identity, and we don't have foundationalized are what we almost view this world through. So everything that we experience in our own lives is really just based on a filter of whatever insecurities that we've, we've had growing up that we start viewing the world from. 
It's funny because when I was younger, and this is before I was saved, but I would do this to try to kind of put things no. in perspective. Um, but whenever I had all these crazy things going on in my life and I felt like everything was kind of in shambles and, you know, relationships and other various things, I would drive down the road and what I would do is I would sit there and look at all the cars that were passing me down the road, all the headlights going by, and I would take time to realize that every single car that passed me had another person in it that had their own problems, that had their own little world that they created around themselves, that very potentially was going through something just as bad, if not completely worse, I was. And it really just kind of helped to take me out of myself and put things into perspective to realize that I wasn't the center of the universe at that point in time. And we have this tendency to kind of separate ourselves from everybody else and think that this whole world that we've surrounded ourselves with is so incredibly important and we put it up on this high pedestal and this, this priority in our life and what we forget to realize is that every other person that's around us is going through almost identical stuff, you know. Like, we are all one massive family, we're all children of God and we're all sitting here going through our own individual things not realizing that everybody else is probably in the exact same boat that we are. Um, and with us being our own worst enemies, what God was talking about, uh, especially earlier today, is just the fact of if you, can, if you can just start living your life for other people, how many of the problems and issues that we have in our lives will just naturally take care of themselves? What the heck? Because we don't realize that we're actually the ones that are the problem in the first place. And these things that we make into these big ordeals and everything, you know, it's so funny that we get angry at other people and, and then expect that to affect them somehow. And in all reality, we're the ones that are being hindered in the first place and we're the ones that are now upset. We're the ones that are having this bad experience and it's supposed to be to make somebody else's life bad, you know. It's like that whole uh, saying about... Um, unforgiveness or whatever it is and how, you know, it's pretty much, you want me to use this thing? <laughs> Brief interlude. Sorry. Testing, testing, testing. Yes? Yes. Cool. Um, you know, the, Jesus is supposed to be the exact representation of what our potential is and who we can be. And his entire life he went through and got spat on and, and pretty much kicked around and treated, you know, didn't get his rights taken care of and didn't get babied and didn't get all this stuff and just had everybody pretty much treat him like complete crap. So I'm realizing more and more and more that the more, like... If we are supposed to be who we're going to be, like if we want to live to our true potential, then there's this place that we can come to to where we live our entire lives for everybody else around us. That we realize that in getting rid of ourselves, that's actually where the freedom lies. Yeah. But instead, we're trying to fulfill all these needs of ourselves to, to make ourselves happy, and we're still living like situational people that are outside of the kingdom to where it's based on what's happening in our life is based on where our joy comes from, or where our happiness comes from, or wherever our peace comes from. And we're constantly trying to maneuver these things in our life and, you know, almost milk the grace cow just to 
live abundant lives and all these things. And I'm not saying that we're not supposed to have any of that, but that shouldn't decide and factor if we're happy. That shouldn't decide or factor if we have peace of mind. That shouldn't yeah. decide or factor if we have joy in our lives. Because Jesus told us that the kingdom is inside of you. Okay. That Jesus, that Jesus said the kingdom is in each inside of every single one of you. And um, it's funny, I was thinking about it when I was driving up here. And it was like, <laughs> Jesus talked to all these people and he was, he was saying, you know, if you don't do this and this and this and this, then you're not going to enter into the kingdom of God. Well, a lot of people read that kind of stuff, and it's, you know, obviously he was talking to a law-based mentality of people, but Jesus wasn't talking about entering into the kingdom of heaven. He was talking about entering into the kingdom of God. And if the kingdom of God is inside of us, then all he was saying is that by doing these things, you're hindering your soul from being able to enter into my kingdom. So if your peace, if your love, if your joy, if your sound mind is all sitting right inside of you, then we're the only variable in the situation. If the entire kingdom's been given to us, if the keys of the kingdom have been handed to us, if Jesus paid the price for all of it, then there has to be a variable in the situation because you see different fruits, you see different results, you see different whatevers. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a real difficult step to start getting rid of self because self doesn't like that. You know, it's... <laughs> Gonna, it's going to make it super angry and, and all these other things. It, it's, you know, if it, and it's the same concept of finances. I mean, the more that you're giving away, the more that you're forgetting about yourself and what your needs are, how much money you need for all this stuff, and blah, 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 blah. And God can use that because in that small sector of your life, you're letting your soul enter into the kingdom and hop in the happy river. And now he can flow all the blessing to you. Now he can provide finances for you because you are lining your soul up with the kingdom. So if we can take these areas of our life and just forget about ourselves and just stop thinking about it, that is the rest of God. That is what resting in his presence is, is because he's got us taken care of. He wants to take care of us, but we're trying to take care of ourselves. And so we hinder his ability to be able to do that. We're just supposed to be a facet of his love. You know, if anything, if I get crapped on for the rest of my life, I get to spend eternity with God. Like Jesus came wow, down and died so that I could spend eternity in bliss and awesomeness and love and perfect love and yeah. just yeah. All right. speed it. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to try to keep on track here. Sorry, I pace when I'm thinking. You ask the people that you, yeah, all day long. These people laugh. People live in my house, see me on the phone. As soon as I get on the phone, I just start walking around the house. It doesn't even matter. I'll just walk circles around the living room. I don't even realize I'm doing it. It's just natural. My legs just start moving from my brain after work for some reason. So I apologize. <laughs> Your eyes will be a good workout. Um, you know, but like the kingdom is such an easy concept. Like we try to make this so complicated. Like I really wish that sometimes, like, and don't crucify me for this, but that we could just throw the Bible out. And I'm not saying anything against the Bible, but the, 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 there's scriptures in the Bible that say it's all fulfilled by this: love others. That's it. 
Come on now. That's it. So we spend all this time breaking down all this other stuff, trying to figure out how it all works, and all of it's just a fruit of love. So if we stop trying to figure out all this stuff and just focus on love, like Christians consume their minds with so much other stuff besides love, and that's all God is. So like, what are we even thinking about? Like, if we could just spend whatever free moments we had in the day, if not just giving everything else out of our mind, then we focus on love and just loving others and forgetting about ourselves, then that is, that's unity, that's perfection, because you are never not taken care of, because everybody else in heaven, if everybody's operating in the kingdom of God, is just going to be... Like, we're all feeding one another, but I don't need to feed myself because you're feeding me. So for every six people that I'm feeding, I have another six people that are feeding me. That's perfection. That's that's rest. That is, I don't have to do anything because you're doing it for me, but I'm doing it for you, too. <laughs> Pay it forward. Whatever other kind of concepts. You know, there's people that are outside the Christian body that, that, that understand this. I think Ziggy Marley's, uh, I was looking at one of his album covers the other day, it was like, love is my religion, or something like that. How much more should that be said by a Christian than just some guy that's out there realizing that that's what it's all about? And it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, it doesn't matter how much money you have, it doesn't matter where you live, it doesn't matter what's going on, it doesn't matter who's wronged you, like, we are called to be wronged. If you are truly doing nothing but being selfless, like, you're going to get walked all over. Like... You can't be selfless and not get walked over because people are going to take advantage of you. But that's not your place to try to stand for your rights and if people are wronging you and if you, people aren't treating you the way that they should. Like, your only responsibility in this life is to love others and to reveal God to them and to be a blessing to them and to forget about yourself and see what you can do to make their day better and see what you can do to make their life better. Because if that's all you do your entire life and it never gets paid back to you, who cares? You're going to heaven. Yeah. If anything, you're going to have some massive storage box, yeah. treasure of some sort. Yeah. I'm not sure how all that works, but it talks about it in the Bible, so it's, it's probably true. <laughs> oh, Lord. So anyways. I really had no idea what I was going to say tonight. So <laughs> it's interesting. Thank you. More, Lord. More, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you got answer? No, but I'd like to see some. Um, man, like, like, that is, that's it. Like, that's, that's really, like, all you can boil it down to. And, like, I mean, there's obviously a million miles depth of to what that is, but... Why try to figure out when all the other stuff is whenever you can just start at the point? Like, we spend so much of our lives judging everybody around us. And, like, in the New Testament, it talks about specifically, like, judge no man by the flesh. Why would you judge anybody by the flesh if it's been paid for? So Jesus came down and paid for all of it. The love of one man, that's the power that's in love. The love of one man can literally pay for the sin of the entire world forever. One lifetime. He had three years doing this all right so like we got we got a head start on him by a little bit um it's we spend our entire lives judging all these people for how they don't meet our little box that they're supposed to fit in some way that they inconvenience us in our lives and then 
And, and, and it specifically says, you notice in any kind of uh, prophecy that anybody's ever getting, it's always positive, it's always good. No matter if they have bad stuff in their life or not. You think that it's Jesus going to tell people not to judge people by the flesh and then do it himself? Like, judge no man by the flesh. Don't even see that it's there because I've already paid for it. So we pick these little things out of these people that aren't even who they really are, and then we build it up and give it value and, and hold it to them and judge them and put that arm in them and say, that's, that's who you are. This is who you are is this nasty little bit of you. And in all reality, that doesn't even exist anymore. It's been paid for. It's not even part of who they really are. Because if we are limitless, if we're a blank slate, and God said, here, here's my son. Here's perfection. He's going to be the exact image of me. And guess what? You can be him too. He's going to be the firstborn among many. You can all be my children now. You can all have keys to the kingdom. He paid the price for you. doesn't matter that Adam messed up. doesn't matter that you've had crap in your life. doesn't matter that you still have crap in your life. doesn't matter that you're never going to be perfect before you die because it's the truth. So we're judging. We're all trying to get to this spot. You know, here's God. And we're all on these different paths, whether you're a Christian or not, of trying to better yourself and of trying to get to this spot and trying to learn and stretch yourself and grow. And we go through these different seasons. And we, we were all on this path to this individual point, and then we judge other people that are probably in the exact same place we were maybe three or four years ago. And we somehow say that they're wrong when in all reality we were probably doing the exact same thing a few years before. But now that I've grown, now that I'm mature, now that I'm adult or whatever, I can point at you and say what you're doing is wrong. It makes no sense. It's completely retarded. It just... It, it, it's, it's just a way for us to build value in ourselves. It's just a way for us to find identity is by looking at the people around us and saying, what you're doing is wrong and what I'm doing is right. Now, there is obviously righteousness. There is obviously holiness. There is obviously a place to where you can be more lined up with the kingdom than not. But, you know, we all have salvation, hopefully. If not, you can come up at the end get you saved, it would be great, we can all spend eternity together. Yeah, he sings a lot, that's cool, he came back. Um, so, this, you know, like, we have salvation, that's it. So, we're obviously all going to be on a different pace and a different path, and somebody might have started at negative 60 because of what they were born into, and the lack of God that they saw in their life when their brain was forming as a human being. Like, and the, the, some other people might start at a plus 40. But you have, you know, if somebody's at a negative 60 and they get to a plus 20, praise God, good for them. Like they're going to get to experience that much more life in their life because now they're getting to see fruit. But who am I if I started off at a 20 and I get to a 60 and I point back at your 20 and I say it's wrong and there's something wrong with it and that you're not good enough and that I'm better than you. Like, we spend so much of our life doing this, and we don't even realize it. it's horrible. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just making sure Chris wasn't kidnapping children. <laughs> like, we need to stop holding things against people. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, what they're doing might not be healthy for them. But you know what? They're going to reap what they sow. That's like the amount of whatever that they're going to get into their life. And you holding that against them and pinning that to their identity is going to do nothing but keep them there. 
Like, if we all have the same potential, if we can all be Jesus, if we're all technically a clean slate, then what we need to do is in each one of us tell people who they are and tell them that Jesus is inside of them and that they're limitless and that they can be pure love and then pull that out of them. Write that onto their clean slate instead of, like, slapping to whatever that they're... This that this person that that whatever lack of God they've had in their life that they are still producing bad fruit from, we now pin that to you and say that's who you are. And now we're almost keeping them in bondage. You know the Bible says that you're going to ju- be judged to the degree that you judge. I wonder if that's because Jesus paid for everybody's sin, so He took the judgment for it all. He took the suffering for it all. He took the payment. But now we're using our free will as children of God to hold these things against people and rejudge people even after God went through and said, hey, I'm just going to wipe the slate clean. You guys are good. You guys are fine. I know who you are. I'm inside of you. I'm going to give you my spirit. He's going to teach you all things. And it's going to be the pure spirit of love. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, that means the most Holy Spirit. It's the purest you have so much potential inside of you, let alone yourself, but you have love inside of you. You have God. You have Jesus Christ inside of you wanting to get out in every single situation. He wants to show you wow. the kingdom in every single word. situation that word. you walk into. He wants to show you how much abundance can be there, how much love yeah, can be there, how much selfless love can be there. And, like, we can be free. When Jesus said the truth will set you free. Jesus. The truth is that you were never supposed to be in the equation in the first place. We are just get the awesome opportunity to experience God. If we took ourselves out of the equation and quit worrying about how everybody was wronging us in our freaking lives, then we could actually be happy and filled with joy and have a sound mind and have peace. Jesus did not have a cool life. Like, he did nothing but, like, the, the people that he laid down for then turned around and kicked him. Like... That's, that was his entire life. That was his nice little stretch. Paul, the exact same thing. I've been shipwrecked. I've been beaten. I think they only beat you like 39 times because if you, they beat you 40 with the whips, then you're probably close to dead. Like, so he had those stripes given to him. He was left for dead multiple times. If you get left for dead, then that means like you were probably pretty close to dead. Like, you, you don't have much life left in you, especially if they were stoning you. Um, many a times he was starved. He was shipwrecked all but Like, if a regular Christian of today went through stuff like that, we would be crying out to God saying, where were you? I thought you were supposed to be my provider. Why didn't you Why didn't you feed me? Why didn't you get me out of this horrible situation? Why didn't you, you know, come down and rescue me? And <laughs> you, you think about it. If Paul wouldn't have gotten to prison, we wouldn't even have most of the New Testament. That's where he wrote all his letters from because he couldn't be there in person. He got to save a whole bunch of Roman, whoever they are, Roman officers. So, you know, like, we need to stop worrying about what life looks around like us, what our situation looks like, what our world looks like, what... What all these things look like, like I—I I said like a million times. Like, <laughs> we need to stop worrying about this small, useless, meaningless stuff in the grand scape of eternity. Like, we're gonna look back after we get to heaven and just like shake our heads at ourselves and just be like, 
why did you waste so much of your time on meaningless stuff that's never going to matter? Like, if we could just forget about all of it and just start loving on people. Even if it's small steps, even if you got to stretch yourself to do it, even if you have to... Yeah, that's good. Punch yourself in the not in the physical face. Punch yourself <laughs> in the face. And <laughs> tell yourself to shut up. You know, like we we for some reason think that we're really trying to help ourselves out and all this, but in all reality, we're just making our lives more difficult. We're trying to get everybody to fit into our box, everybody to cater to us, and that other person that you're talking about is trying to do the same thing with themselves. So we just got a whole bunch of people around each other all the time that are trying to cater to themselves and wonder why everybody's not doing what they're supposed to be doing to make me happy and the other person's thinking the exact same thing about me and in all reality if I would just love him then he would love me and we wouldn't need ourselves anymore because he's doing you know we're all just being God to each other like that's how we can bring the kingdom to this earth that's how we can make a massive wave that just encompasses the planet that just reveals the true love to God like true love scares the crap out of people because we don't think it truly exists if somebody's doing something for you, we automatically think that there's strings attached. It's just our natural human nature of being fallen before, you know, this point in time. And so, if, if we would just show people that it's real, that God does actually exist, that this is a piece of God right here, I'm going to give them to you. It's free of charge. i got an unlimited amount. i got this whole bubbling well thing it talks about. So, I'm just going to keep giving it to you. And you know what? If my rights get stepped on, if I'm not comfortable... That doesn't matter because technically what I paid for by accepting Jesus was to give him my life. Hey, thanks for eternity. Hey, thanks that I'm not going to go to hell now. Hey, thanks for paying for all this stuff that I didn't deserve. And so now I'm not going to worry about myself anymore. Apparently you took care of me. I'm just going to be here for everybody else. You know, you had a human life, so obviously you had to leave at some point in time. You sent us your spirit, the spirit of love. And now I'm just going to give it to everybody else around me. It's something else, you know. It's, it's amazing how easy and simple it is. And we spend our entire lives just trying to make ourselves feel comfortable. We spend our entire lives just trying to figure out and, and, and do things and get things to make ourselves happy when... In all reality, we would just look at, oh, yeah, I was driving up here. And God was saying, like, enter into the kingdom of God, you know, this deal with me. Well, I always picture, like, people entering into the kingdom of God through the pearly gates, you know. Like, no, that's once again the kingdom of heaven. Entering into the kingdom of God, like, it's inside of us. Like, you enter in. Like, you look inwards. Quit, you know, walk by faith and not by sight. Like, all the answers that we look for in life are right here. They're all here. It's all literally, you can't even measure the distance in between there because there's, like, it is that close. And if we could just not focus on the world around us, not focus on the things that are taking place, if we could just realize that this was all created anyways, it doesn't matter. It all used to not exist at some point in time. Like, if God is the I am, if he is the spirit of love, if he is the only thing that was ever supposed to exist in the first place, if he is the point of origin, 
then everything else that exists doesn't even really matter in the first place because they're all just small little facets of who he is. They're all just a, a, a small little glimpse, and especially in this world, really just a, a twisted skew of who he truly is. And we have that point of origin. We have the creator of the universe literally living right inside of us. We're trying to find all the answers out here. None of this is even real. Chairs, you're not sitting in a real. Chairs, you're not sitting in a real. People always get upset at me when I start talking about this world not being real. They come up to me afterwards like, you do realize that this is really here right now, right? It's all the matrix. It's all the matrix. You ever get a point of chance at some point in time? Watch the Matrix with the knowledge that you have about God now. It's hilarious. It all lines up. Uh, Morpheus asked Neo if the chair is real. He feels it. I don't even know. I can't have seen the movie in a long time. Anyways, he was like, well, what do you call real? What, what's your brain? can see, what you can feel, what you can taste, and what you can touch, well those are all just electrical impulses that are translated by your brain. I mean, it, it's it's funny to me, I, I watch these like brain scans and they have this brain activity that's going on and all these other various things. I wonder if a lot of these things that we can measure medically are actually just uh, a physical representation of what's happening in the spiritual realm. You think about it, when you die, people are leaving their body, so their spirit man must have been hanging out right in there inside his body. And now they can see their body laying on the table, so they must be seen with something. It's not their physical eyes. So you must be able to see, you must be able to smell, you must be able to taste. Yeah, so, especially, I started practicing this whenever I started, like, um, you know, seeing... <laughs> seeing a lot of more manifestations of this, uh, healing and things like that in people's body. Well, what I would do is I would just imagine that they have a perfect whole person sitting right inside them. Like their spirit man is 100% whole at all point in time sitting there right inside them. So any, any kind of physical manifestation that doesn't line up with that is wrong. It's all paid for. Everything in this world that's here because of sin is technically all taken care of. So I would practice this, and I, I you know, encourage you guys to as well if it helps you, but I would just imagine that their spirit man sitting there, and they do have eyes that can see perfect, or they do have an arm that's there, or they do have whatever kind of ailments that this person's experiencing, their spirit's not, and their spirit's right there. So you can almost just grab into their spirit man and pull it out here in the physical, and boom, they're healed. It's taken care of. Like, we are still just basing everything that we're living by by what we can physically see in this world. What number we can physically see in our bank account. You know, like, it's all limitless. And if you don't experience it, then who cares? Don't question God. Like, that's the last person you should be questioning. He sent his son down here to pay for all of it. Like, we can't just, he's not our butler. Like, he's not here to make us feel comfortable. He's not here to, like, cater to all of our needs. Like, yeah, there's going to be a massive party in heaven. Super excited about it. I love food. I want to be able to eat and not get full and just keep eating. Like, uh, <laughs> these buffets. And I'm like, is it wrong if I go throw up so I can keep eating stuff? And it's, like, horribly gluttonous. I'm fully aware. But still, I want to try every little bit. I get angry when I there's so much that I can't eat everything. First world problems, right? <laughs> so, 
But like it doesn't always like we can't just constantly be questioning God because he doesn't fit in our little box of what we think he should be doing in our lives. Like that's like we need to get to the place that no matter what we see, even if the next eighty years whatever we're trying to make happen doesn't happen, that, that doesn't change who God is. Like God is perfection, He is love, He's the only thing that exists, He's the only thing that's pure, and He's not gonna change. And if at any point in time you could ever question that because you can't physically see him moving in your life, you still have Jesus to fall back on to. That God himself came down here. We all gave him the finger and spit on him. And then he still died for us and took all of our sins and said, I don't care, guys. I know that's not who you really are. I know this is all just fruit of the lack of me that you've seen in the rest of the world, but none of it's real. It's all just self, and I'm not going to hold that to you, because you're my kid. You're me. You have just as much potential to be loved as Jesus did, as I am. I'm even going to give you me. He's sitting right inside of there. You guys can be homies. He's going to be your helper. He can help you in any situation. Lean under his understanding and not your own, and you'll be okay. So, I just encourage everybody to keep on the forefront of your brains at all times that the Holy Spirit, which is God, which is love, is sitting directly inside of you and he's always hoping that you want to come talk to him. Always hoping that you're going to come hang out with him so that he can show you life, so that he can show you freedom. So that you can be a blessing to somebody else instead of worrying about why nobody's blessing you. That's good. That's not what we're here for. Like, we're here to, to hand our lives over. You know, like, we, it's funny because we cling on to it so much when in all reality, like, all the stuff that we're looking for by clinging on to it is actually by letting go of it. And that's why we can never completely find it. That's why we never completely feel filled up. That's why there's always this tiny little bit that we know should be filled that's not there. It's just, it's just ourself. <laughs> And the answer was, the answer is that God is the only pure thing. So by putting ourselves in the equation to try to fix everything is the exact opposite of what we're going to accomplish in the first place. We have this identity crisis where we think we're going to lose ourselves if we're all the same. Well, what do you think heaven is? Like you obviously have the little part of you that makes you unique in your own personality, but we're all supposed to be the same in the first place. Like that's not a bad thing for us to all be the same. Like. What do you think God is? What do you think heaven is? Like, if we're all in unity, if we're all thriving in one spirit, the spirit, if I had a cue, I would have put Bob Marley, one love up. He gets it. So, I just, I don't, it's so simple, it's so easy, and yet we make it so complicated. And... It's we all can be loved. We all don't have to cling on to what we think makes us who we are. It's hilarious to me that I like I hate 80s music, which is funny because now some of the new stuff comes out sound 80s and I like it. But besides the point, if you know, like we were born born point, we were born in this specific point in time in history, in the world, in America, in the age that we live in. So all the stuff that we've grown up in is actually makes us who we are. It's funny these people would tell me like, well, I'm not really an outdoors type of person. But there wasn't anything else that existed like 200 years ago. That's where you were. You were out there. 
churning butter all day, you know, spending all day just to make your food. I go in the kitchen now and microwave something. It takes me two minutes. It's glorious. But if anything, it's probably a hindrance. So, like, we have these things in this era that we grew up. Well, I like this music, but not this music. And I like this, but not this. That's not true. You like whatever you choose to like, you know? Like, if I grew up in the 50s, I'd probably like 50s music. I couldn't have liked today's music because it didn't exist. We have all these things that in our mind are so definite that make us who we are. There are such concrete things in all reality, like, it doesn't even exist. It's all just this mere little glimpse of time that we hold on to. It's this little, like, bit of life that we can see that we hold on to because I need to be different than you. Otherwise, what value do I have? What makes me unique? Where's my value lie? We're still trying to get value in ourselves and who we are. God told us our value when he sent his son to come die for us. That's when he told you what your potential is. That's when he told you what you were capable of. He doesn't want us to strive. He wants us to quit trying. He just wants us to be a blessing to those around us. He wants us to be a small little facet of who he is. He wants us to bring the kingdom into this fallen world and show them what love is and show them what purity is and show them what selflessness is and show them that I expect nothing from you. I'm going to be here for you even if you never return any of it back. We have these expectations on all these people in our lives and whenever they don't fulfill it, then we're angry at them for some reason. We're the, we're the ones that put the expectation there. And then they don't fulfill it, and then we're mad at them. We're... <laughs> it makes no sense. I mean, I do all this as well. Please don't think that I'm pointing the finger at all you guys, but... There's just... It's... We've got to quit holding expectations on people. We've got to quit expecting things and, and holding people to these things and then being mad at them when they don't expect it and not loving them. We should expect nothing from anybody and just be there completely for them. That's a big statement. That's a very, very large statement to say something like that. <laughs> but if we did that, we would experience true freedom. We would experience not needing anything because we're already whole. We would experience peace of mind, a sound mind. We would experience joy unspeakable. Because all the stuff in this world can't compare to the joy that God can give you. So if the things in this world, if that's what dictates your joy, then you're going to constantly wonder why I don't have this massive overflowing well of joy. Why do I still get upset? Why do I have good days? Why do I have bad days? We had to quit trying to make everything so complicated. Just bring it back to the simplicity of the gospel. <laughs> like go the, the good news that that all the horrible stuff we've done are going to do it's not going to be held against us because God came down here and sacrificed Himself for us. Asked for nothing in return. Besides that, we would accept that sacrifice. That's like me giving you a Mercedes and saying all you got to do is take the keys. If you call that expecting something. 
like that nothing. He wanted nothing from us but then just to be just to be cool with us, just to hang out with us. You guys are no longer Bond's uh, servants, but now we're friends. Now we get to be one together. Now we can communicate. All that stuff has separated us before. It's all gone now. Don't worry about it. Don't care about what happened earlier in your life, what you're doing right now. There's no condemnation anymore. Yeah, I might want some of this stuff for you because it's going to produce life in your life. It's got nothing to do with me saying that this is right and this is wrong. It's the fact that if you are doing this, it's going to produce life and it's for you. But if you're not doing it, I'm not angry at you. It's cool. We're all going to be up here in heaven one day. I'm going to wipe your tears. You know, we're gnashing teeth. You're all going to get a new planet. It's going to be cool. You're not going to even remember that you lived in the old one. Like, we were given a free ticket. It's like if, if Jesus came down and gave me a big brick of gold. And I can go freely give that brick of gold to somebody else, and somehow it doesn't take away from my own brick, and I still get to keep this one. But here's this. It's a free gift. I got it too. We're so caught up in our own problems that people don't see a difference between us and the fallen. We're just as caught up in our own drama. We're just as caught up in our own relationships. We're just as caught up in our own whatever is not being done right for us at the time that we don't have this peace and sound mind. Why does anybody want what I have if I look no different than them? If I don't, if I don't have peace when usually you would have fear, then what makes us different? If I don't usually have happiness and joy when you would be sad, then what makes us different? We need to be so in tune with God and realizing that none of this matters and that He's the only thing that matters that we start producing this fruit of the Spirit to where people can see this activated in our life. They can see a difference and they can see why is He able to keep a sound mind when everybody else is freaking out? Why is He able to be joyous and happy and full and, and not feel like there's anything missing in His life all the time? And then you give Him your gold bar. Tell them that Jesus came down for them just as much as he did you. Maybe if we could take our eyes off ourselves for a little bit, then we could actually get other people saved. That was good. Oh, man. Maybe something else, man. We could see a revival overnight. Can you imagine if, like, everybody in the entire world all of a sudden just decided to stop caring about their own issues and see what they could do for the guy next to him. It'd be heaven overnight. There wouldn't there wouldn't be any more issues. Everybody'd be taken care of. Somebody else got a million dollars and I'm not using pass that bad boy on over to me. Now we're both happy. That's <laughs> <laughs> how the kingdom works. If you're sad, I got happiness inside of me. Endless supply. Let me give you some. If you're broke Here's some money. I got a limitless bank account. God's going to supply my needs. The answer is not in ourselves, it's in ourselves. <laughs> Anyways, we all have the light inside of us, we all have love. It's all a choice. And 
you're all limitless. Like every single person in here has the exact same potential to change the world, to change themselves. Even if you never change the world and you go be a monk in the woods or something, like you can find true happiness and peace and joy and sound mind because it's all sitting right inside of you. That's what it takes. I don't recommend it for everybody because then nobody will get saved. But like, it's all there. It's all inside of us. We all have the same potential, but we have these doubts on ourselves. We have this this lack of identity, this identity crisis where we base who we are off of all the stuff that we've experienced and how people have treated us. And we still base our worth and our value off of people, how people treat us and how we were raised and how our parents told us who we were versus the God of the universe coming down and sacrificing himself and saying, that's how much you're worth. And so we still have this filter, this perception to where we base our actions and how, you know, like, I've talked about this before in finances, but a lot of times we don't experience favor because we don't even go knock on the door. Like, if you don't surround yourselves with anything, you can't experience favor because there's nothing there to give you favor. Like, you have to walk up to the door and knock on it in order for it to open. The Bible talks about knock, seek, all these other things. Like, if we just make the effort, if we just try, then he will be there to do all the rest for us. Just bless you, bless you so you can be a blessing to others, you know, just do this for you. But like the, the, a lot of the times we don't go up and do these things because we don't even believe ourselves in the first place. And it's good. You shouldn't believe in yourself. You should believe in the unlimited power that lies directly inside of you. The unlimited favor that li like lies directly inside of you. Let alone God coming down here and orchestrating things for your favor, but just you residing in the kingdom and being a joyous person is going to make favor attractive to you. It's going to make people want to be around you. It's going to make people want to do good stuff for you. It's going to make them want to bless you. They don't understand why, but they're just attracted to you. They just want to give you stuff. They just want to do all this. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this bad boy up because I can pace for a long, long time. <laughs> um, anyways... You're all limitless. You all have the full potential of Jesus Christ. You are, are full of love and freedom. So just love on some people. It doesn't matter if they walk on you. You don't have rights anymore. It's, there's, it doesn't exist anymore. Like there, there is that Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. What do you think the cross represented? Everything he didn't deserve. Stop worrying about how people are treating you and be Jesus to them. Be God to them. Don't try to force them to be God to you.